What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back, goddamn it, to another edition of Tell Me a Joke, the guy down and chasing the dream. I'm your host, the maniacal man, Kyle Smith, and today, goddamn it, today we got the heavy hitter, the one that's out here on the ground running. He, he ain't stopped ever since he's been going. Uh, put y'all hands together for uh, Tyler Arsenal. Hell yeah! Thank you. Bang, 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 bang. Young funny. Uh, yes, sir. Back in the building, man. <laughs> yes, sir. I remember the first time I saw you in Baton Rouge at the station. Yeah. You came uh, to an open mic. John Rowe was with you. Yeah. Maybe even Kamari or something. Uh-huh. That was, that was oh. a, I was young in comedy back then. I was like, man. Ages ago. These guys are something. Yeah. John was special, huh? Yeah, he was. Oh. Yeah, he was. That That's that's the reason why we just got to keep going, man. Got to keep going for the homie because, shit, it, it's, 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 it's a rough game out here. It's when hard. When it comes to these comedy streets. Yeah, I'm about to hit 10 years. You're, yeah. close, you're at that, right? 12, yeah. something like that? Yeah. Yeah. In a, in ch- it's a long 12, huh? <laughs> you're doing good for your 10, though. <laughs> Thanks, you're doing man. good for your 10. You just, uh, we, just we, we, we talked about it briefly. Uh, but uh, you just came back from well, not just came back, but you you had a little run in with uh, with uh, Skankfest. That's right. Yeah, I got yeah. I got accepted to Skankfest this year. <sighs> uh, it was the best. Yeah, yeah. There is no there's no comparison um, as far as comedy festivals go. Yeah. I've done I've done a few, and what makes this one so special is they pay you. Yeah, they, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that's it doesn't awesome. matter who you are. If you got accepted to the festival, you are paid. You are given a hotel. They give you travel. Like oh, they pay wow. for your plane ticket. And Hell yeah. most importantly, you're treated the same as every other comedian on that show. Yeah. Like on the whole festival. Like you walk in that green room and everybody looks at you with respect because you're one of them. Yeah. I mean, I shook hands with people that like are my heroes yeah and i was just like this is crazy and they're like yeah they just like look at you with like an understanding right you of, like i know where you've been <laughs> yeah. you know and you're in the promised land now you got your foot in the door you know i've met a bunch of national touring comedians i'm sure you you have too being in new orleans right mm. people like sean patton used to yeah. go through they still does go through there all the time so you meet these guys and they're great but whenever you get to experience all of them being great at the same time, it's crazy. Yeah. It just it makes for one of the most magical weekends in comedy. Hell yeah. How many people are on the on the lineup? Ninety comics. <laughs> so yeah. this just goes over for days. Yeah, I did three shows. Um there's a small so there's like five or six different stages uh yeah. at this venue. Um the one we did in Vegas. And there's a smaller stage where starting at eleven AM and ending at like 1 a.m. the next night, shows go. And it's not like a show. It's like a comedian gets up there, does a set, introduces the next comic, and that goes on for 12 straight hours. Oh, shit. It's incredible. God Yeah, so damn. at any time I was feeling like tired of walking around, I would just go sit in that room and watch people because yeah. you're just watching eight-minute sets. Just Amen. you can see people from all over the country just all day. Hell nonstop yeah. comedy. It's incredible. Oh, that's awesome. How yeah. did you how did you get part of that? How did Submit you get part of that? Yeah. It's a free it's submission. A, get the fuck out it's of here. It's free. That's what's so magical about just getting accepted is crazy too. And um my my story of being accepted is a little funny too, because I got accepted and I did not read my emails for a few weeks. Oh shit. So I missed <laughs> the deadline to accept my my invitation yeah and the uh one of the directors reached out to me on facebook added me on facebook and reached out to me and was like hey i saw your tape your tape is good i want you on on skank fest 
um, you're not checking your emails. I'm assuming you want to come. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'm just oh, trying to reach out dope. to you. And I felt like such an idiot, but um, that person's name is Rebecca Trent. She owns the Creek in the Cave in Austin. Yeah. And for her to do that, she yeah. didn't have to do that. No, not at all. Thousands of comics submitted. She could have been like, next. Uh, and just like, but she reached out to me and made sure I was on that festival and I'm eternally grateful to her. When I saw her, I was like, when I saw her, I was like tearing up and I like shook her hand and gave her a hug. I was Thank like, you so yeah. much. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. God, they, yeah, you, uh, you have been like, like I said, hit the ground running. Like you, you've been doing, I mean, 10 years still, that, that's, that's around that time of that thousand hours and putting, and putting your time in. Yeah, but how, how difficult is it? Cause you also have a child. Yeah. Well, uh, just being in Louisiana is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I got a new, I got a new podcast all about right. this called We're Dying We're Down Dying Here. We're Dying Down Here. And it's yes, just, sir. it's just about how hard it is. You know, I mean, that's not the only thing we talk about, but you know, the stories are just, you know, doing comedy in places where comedy is not normally done. Right. Right. And then building a scene from scratch, yeah. being, being a part of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, a small part of a big machine, of yeah. course. And that is the Lafayette comedy scene. But um, it's hard because you look at these comedians in New York. Um, we talked to Caitlin Palufo. She gets to do 30 sets a week when she started. God. 30 sets a week if you want. I do sometimes two. Yeah. Right. And it's like, so your progression is a lot slower, but we make up for it in With ways. The talent. the talent and the, we're not like the scene smaller and it's not so clickish. So everybody lifts each other up. Yeah. There's a lot of mentoring going on. You know, there's, so it's, I, that helps some of it. I've been trying to tell people that, that the, the best scene to grow in is, is Louisiana. Like I've been other places and everything. Hence why I'm in Texas now, <laughs> because like, uh, growing up in comedy, like people were told, Oh, you need to go to California. Listen to other people. Cause you don't know, there's no guideline of this. That's so right. he was like, Oh, you need to go to either California or New York. If you're trying to make it before things became, became like, Oh, just, you know, internet, it really gets you where you need to be. But at my time, I was just like, uh, fuck it. This is what I need to do. I need to go to California and I need to go see if I can make it out there. And then I went to California. That was John's dream. So I'm like, all right, let me go follow the homie's dream. Boom. I get out there and I'm like, this ain't what I, what the fuck? This nigga's lying to me. Like, what, <laughs> what is hard. happening out here? Yeah. Here's, the problem is, is that being talented, that's just the barrier to entry for this. Yeah. That's just the minimum requirements right. to do this. <laughs> Talent don't take you nowhere it, on its own. At all. You have to work hard. Yeah. It has to be all that you think about, all that you care about. And if yeah. it's not, it's going to be a long road. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's, yes. it's hard. Um, it's that there's definitely plenty of times in my life when it's not my sole focus. And there has been before. But right now, it's like it's number one. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got my kid. She always comes number one. But she's at that age where. She don't even want to fuck with dad most of the time anymore. Uh, like she that. don't care. Uh, like, she got, you know, she's gonna. She's a preteen now. She got friends. They talk on the phone. Here. Yeah, come so, on. Uh, uh, so I'm getting a little bit more freedom, right? I can take some more gigs. Feel a little less bad. Yeah. Miss a couple soccer games, which I never used to do, <laughs> man. Like <laughs> never. I am about to be in that boat of the beginning of that stage right there. Yeah. I got a little one coming probably next week. Oh, so man, yeah. congrats. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Awesome. Y'all excited? <laughs> Yes, I am. That's yes, awesome. I am. But also in the back of my head, I am like, ah, this dream that I'm chasing, it feels it like just, it's about it to die. It got farther away. Yeah. It's not going to die. It's not dead. And uh -huh. I'll tell you why it's not dead. Because you can be 
70 years old and do this if yeah. you want shout I out mean, to andy huggins <laughs> you, hey uh, that is that is a perfect example um you know plenty of people make it late in life joey yeah. diaz yeah he never became popular till he was like 55 years old right you know? um i think that now more than ever though uh because i had that dream to move to la too when mm -hmm. i first started that's what i thought like you said people tell you that that's what you got to do la right. or new york no there's yeah. no in between People like Sam Talent and Ali Sadiq have yeah. proven everybody wrong. Yep. You can be in a smaller market and go work on the road and spend time meeting people, developing relationships, yeah. being good and honing your craft, and you can pop from your from where you're at. Right. Um, it might be harder depending on what kind of market you're in. Yeah. But. Uh, like I said, people like Ali, Ali's never left Houston at, at all. Right. Stayed right here. Yeah. He's one of my stories. top five favorite comedians yeah. in the world. I think he's one of the best. I've watched both his specials, Domino Effect, Domino Effect 2. Yeah. I'm waiting for the other one to come out and yeah. uh, don't judge a book by his cover. I just finished that one and I'm like, you out here just killing it, sir. Captivating. Yes. Yeah, uh, not many people do it better. Oh, I, it, yeah, it is. It has gotten me to the point to where I'm like, damn, I listening to other motherfuckers and see where i'm at now which i don't mind where i'm at i love where i'm at you know it's it's gotten to me to the point to where you know i got a house and a wife and fucking land yeah, you know that's, that's awesome that. before i, I became a <laughs> <laughs> i got a condo i pay rent in you know <laughs> and a mom <laughs> i mean be before you know before i became a comic or even thought about what comedy was i was always thought about you know i wanted to live the american dream fucking a house a kid wife and a dog and shit like that and like that is there you know but then comedy came and you know it threw a monkey wrench in that whole little thought <laughs> process that i had and i'm like well, well okay I, I want this but also i have this and i need to take care of this you know this this goes go this is gonna come but you know it, it's coming at a price now and yeah. it's just it, it it's mentally it is it is like just a, a samurai sword to my brain and i'm like i don't what do you do I, i'm an electrician yeah. So well, yeah. I guess so. I, I know that that's what that came off as, but what I actually meant is, so what do you do about it from here? Oh well, you know what, I mean? uh, what has been happening is uh, I've I've kind of morphed my uh, my comedy into my poetry. If you, I've seen you popping yeah. off on poetry. I, I saw some of your shit. You have bars. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, laughing, man. I love that. that. Is, and so, like, they don't they don't have a, a silly side when it comes to poetry. So I've kind of created my own lane when it comes to you know actually bringing my comedy That's in beautiful. other places. Yeah. yeah, which is really helping, which is getting me gigs and everything. But it, you know, it's not skank fest and paying me or nothing <laughs> like that. But it is something to where like I I was able to do the improv. And I was able to bring that, my comedy poetry, to the improv. And people would be like, I ain't never seen this shit before. That's crazy. This is amazing, you know? You know, but still, like, it's it's new to people. So people are like, all right, that's cool. But, you know, you don't have the backing or nothing like that yeah. to go ahead and say that, oh, I'm going to go ahead and book you again or anything. So, you know, it's it's something different. And it's something uh, that I feel talent-wise is really up there. But, like, I'm I'm still not able to capitalize on it like I want to. But it gets me places. It gets it me is, places. I think it's very interesting that there wasn't comedy poetry. Yeah. 
It's oh, strange. That, there, that is, there's how people, is that not really a thing? Well, there's people that do do it, but uh, just because, just like with comedy, how people were like, oh, you need to be here, you need to be there. Sure. Like with poetry, people will always just assume it needs to be this and it needs to be that. And then, you know, I come on the scene and people are like, you know, I just heard somebody talk about how they got diddled when they was a child. And, and now you come on talking about fucking grandmothers and shit. And it's like, what just happened? You know? So I bring, I bring a, a, a a sense of, of, of silliness to the stage and like it, the only way that comes is because I was a comic and so now pe- more people are, are well, I mean, seeing that you're 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 essentially still doing stand up yes like just in a different way you're writing punchlines yes. you're writing jokes yes that's what I love about some of the tangential art forms mm-hmm. um, battle rap yeah stand up comedy yeah because yeah. when when somebody says a, a rhyme or a line that like com- that it pops the crowd that crowd's laughing yes or like this or, yeah, oh my yeah. god i exactly. can't believe they said that um rap is like that too just i think the the comparison between hip-hop and comedy is something i love and i always love to talk about mm-hmm. um you know you people like lil wayne if you don't think lil wayne's funny yeah. get the fuck out of here <laughs> that, that dude is a comedian that motherfucker is silly as shit yeah. he is <laughs> yeah so i just love that uh i'll tell people all the time like uh rap ends in punchlines yeah like that's what every line is every right. line that you're like oh, even if it's not making you laugh like a punchline it it's making you think yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that that's that's one of the things where I'm like, all right, I know since I can't, I'm not capable of making it in this scene right now, just because like of the the responsibilities that I do have, and like I said, like, I stay out in the sticks, so yeah. you know I don't have the luxury to be able to just oh I can walk here and walk there everywhere I go is a forty five to an hour drive, and then I gotta drive through Texas drivers. You gotta make which, it count. Yes, yes, yeah. and open mics do not count. <laughs> not out here. <laughs> not not for me. They don't. No, I've heard they don't there's do a couple that are worth going to, but outside of that. It's tough. So tough. Yeah. So like it, it feels like I've 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 backed myself into a corner of this maze that I'm trying to traverse through. And it's just like okay, where do I all right, backtrack. Where do I go? And so I've kind of like brought my own little sledgehammer and just busted through the wall. And I'm like, boom, okay, y'all see me here. You know, so now y'all see me here. The reason why this is this is because I do this. Mm-hmm. And so like when I, I, I would come on and I tell people like I'm a poet and I'm also a comedian. I'm a comedian, I'm also a poet. This is why this happens. And so commodity, comedy poetry. And then it I love blows it. people's mind. <laughs> yeah, you know? And I so love it. Yeah, I've had to do something and with the talent and you know, the know how that I have from being raised as a comic in New Orleans, like there was no way that I'm just gonna be beat down by uh me not being able to be seen you know, and I'm I'm not I'm yeah, of the it's age. It's easy to do that. Yes, it's easy to just go hmm. right. Ain't nobody seeing me do my stuff, so hmm. just give. Like, it's I, hard I, I to could. keep doing it, and to then find a way or a lane to make yourself stand yeah. out. So yeah, you know, I couldn't. No, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not a. I I know that the the socials is is really what's uh, helping people get ahead and all that, but you know I, I work a forty hour week. So you know, it is just like I, I can't if I don't have anybody to actually give me any assistance or anything like that, wanting to always be on the Internet is just tiresome. And it doesn't it doesn't feel as if it 
if it helps me mentally. Like I'm like oh. I, I can't. So your so what you just said I think is the most important part, and that's what I've learned very recently because I cut up my own video, edit my own reels, <sighs> I do the captions by hand. I don't oh. use caption programs because I don't like them. I like the way they look when I make them by hand. Ah. So it takes me like two hours to make a one minute oh, reel. Shit. Um, I do all that myself. Yeah. Um, and so every single day, if I'm not like on the road, I'm at home, I make myself either write or make reels right. or do something. Um, yeah. and, and it's so time consuming, but I work 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my daughter plays competitive soccer, so we travel constantly. Soccer. Yeah. She's a beast. Uh, yeah. She's going to be so much better of a human than I ever was <laughs> and will be. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I've it's been, good. I've been trying to expand on what I'm doing. So uh, I've in in the process of me just kind of like sitting around thinking of things to do. I've picked up crocheting. Okay, so, that's yeah. cool. A little, little knitting. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, <laughs> I've, I've started crocheting some hats. So, you know, when I do go places, I have some type of merch that I that's can go awesome. ahead and sell. That's awesome. Yeah, and that, I, it, it is... That there itself is time consuming because I have a machine. I have a, a central forty-eight needle, uh, but it, it it like if you don't know what you're doing, you you can have drop stitches, slip <laughs> stitches, yeah. and shit like that. And I'm like, oh, you gotta fix that because if not, that shit'll come out looking dumb. And it's like, <laughs> well, I can't sell this, you know. It's it should look like yeah, some toddler made. Yeah, yeah. So that there is another thing that takes up all my time, and it's just like, all right, what what are we like? I basically it was like uh, what i preach on here is just like man don't don't give up keep going you that's know it. Uh, you just it's gotta perseverance. keep going yeah it really is it's because um I'm, I'm gonna say a couple things that are generalizations but mostly true mm -hmm. if you put the time in you will get better yeah if you put the time in you will get booked more mm -hmm. yeah there are generalizations of course because unfortunately a percentage of people will not get better at stand-up yeah, no matter what they it's try so weird. yeah and some people <laughs> are going to get better a lot faster than others yeah um i think the most important thing to do is to not get caught up in comparing yourself to your contemporaries mm. the people who started with you or the people that are around you currently comparing yourself to them that's not why you're doing this. And if that's why you're doing this, then that's the wrong move. Yeah. You know, good, good I, would luck, I would tell somebody to find something else, yeah. that, you know, that isn't as taxing. Cause yeah. if you're just out there measuring your worth versus other people's buddy, <laughs> you it's got a be long a hard life. Road. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, so that's how it felt when I was out in California, uh, just being at the comedy store before, you know, the pandemic came like, yeah, it was, I was like, my life has been, it, it, like, basically it's kind of set itself to where it needed to be because uh i have a very good judge of character and i can read energy really well I, most comics can sure you know yeah. especially reading the energy of a room and such and being out in california i realized that oh this is this is not where i should be and I, I realized that immediately as soon as I got out there. Like, as soon as I got to the comic store, I'm like, oh, you niggas ain't trying. Dang. You motherfuckers are just out here waiting for the next person to pop off so you can go ahead and be under their umbrella and hopefully they take you with you. Take them with you. And it's like, Bleh. The thing is, is like, it's such the wrong approach for that to be 
your goal. Yeah. Your goal should be to be a great comedian. Right. And that is a side effect of being a great comedian. Mm. Somebody sees you and takes you on the road. Yeah. That happens when you become a great comedian. That right. doesn't happen because you want somebody to take you on the road. Yeah. So they're focusing on the wrong things. Definitely. And it, it's a, it was a whole lot of that. And every time I would go certain places, I would feel that just, ugh, that yeah. dark energy. I'm like, well, y'all motherfuckers are just out here stealing shit. <laughs> y'all just out here taking what's not yours and trying to capitalize off of that. And I'm like, I can't, I can't be here. And people saw my life kind of gradually take a, a, a its toll on in being in California. And I was like, you know, people who look at me on FaceTime and shit and be like, man, you don't look happy, man. You good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. You know, I'm in California. I did, I'm yeah, out here. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make it. You Living know? the dream. <laughs> yeah. And people like, nah, man, you you need to come home. I'm like, I ain't coming back. I, I, I left for a reason. I can't come back. I'm going to feel bad about myself because I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit. And, and, and Were you everything. there for the pandemic? I was there right before. Right okay, before it but popped you left off. before, yeah. So you, because that that must have been a terrible place to be oh, during the pandemic. Yeah, like, I mean, I heard horror stories. Yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> I have friends that are still up there. They're like, oh, it's terrible. Out here. When you coming back? I'm not coming back out there, <laughs> my guy. Like, what the fuck are we doing? I see what the hell's happening. Yeah, just and text like, me, ask me how we doing. Don't yeah. ask me stupid shit like that. I'm anymore. like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm down here doing what I gotta do. And so, like, as I as I left. Like, things got really bad because, like, I thought, I mean, I had friends, uh, but the friends that, some of the friends that I did have, they were just like, yeah, I need, I was like, I need help. And it's like, all right, cool. And I'm like, yeah, any, no, any suggestions? Can you, can you throw me a bone? Nah, man, I ain't got no bones to be throwing. It's like, yo, for real? Like, you don't, you don't. Being from New Orleans and coming from how we grew up, like everybody is there for each other. Yeah. So when you go another place and realize that that's not, you know, they're not the way you were raised, it is. It's it's a bit heartbreaking because it's like, oh, this is I've never I've felt this before, but I I didn't think this would happen like this. Yeah, and so. For that to when things like really went to shit, I was like, "Oh, all right, I, I gotta go." There's no way that I'm gonna just be able to keep staying here. Like, and then one thing happened after the other to where I'm like, "Oh, this is the universe telling me that nigga, you need to leave. Like, yeah. you don't need to be here no more." And I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, I got a dip." Like, I was doing electrical out there. I was able to go out there and, and live at least a good hard nine months, a good hard damn near almost a whole year. Uh, just fucking making it by actually, I, I got a, I got an electrical job within, within the first two weeks. So doing electrical that, that was able to pay for whatever I needed to do out there. And, but the, not too long after things started happening, I had to get a new car. Fucking the people that I was working with, they was able to give me money to get a new car, but then it was a fucking lemon. So that thing didn't last too long. Domino effects. Oh, yeah. domino effect like a <laughs> motherfucker. And then just boom, one thing after the other, that car broke. I had to wind up trying to catch the bus to the fucking, to work with all my tools on and shit. And then that started work. That, that didn't happen well enough. And then it was like, Hey, and then I worked for uh, an all Hispanic company. And so I was the only minority there. So if anything fucked up, they're like, he did it, you know? And so it's just like, 
okay, well, this is not cool. So after a while, it was like, well, you fine. And it's like, ah, damn. It's pretty funny to be in a place where you work with a bunch of Mexicans and they're not minorities. (laughs) At all. At all. I am the minority. You know, I get looked at when people, when I go on certain jobs, people are like, man, what you doing here? I was like, nigga, I don't know. How you got this job? I'm trying to figure that out right now. Still. I'm still trying to figure this out. Apparently, you know, my credentials is good enough for me to go ahead and work with them. Uh, but as soon as things fucked up, they're like, oh, you don't speak what we speak. Yeah, this nigga did it. And it's like, damn. So eventually that shit happened to where I had to go ahead and pay them back for the car. And then they was like, oh, we'll give you your last check. And it was like $20. <laughs> and it was like, that was yeah. it. Boom. Holla, man. I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I I got a dip. Like so I fucking packed up my entire room because that's all I had. I didn't have like an apartment or anything like that. I, I paid nine hundred dollars to stay in a room inside a house, oh. which was LA, LA life. Baby. Oh my God. <laughs> like I, I've never lived with people before that I've never known. Like I've always stayed with people like before I left New Orleans, I I, I stayed with Paul Joseph. Shout out Paul Joseph. Uh but I other than that, like just to move in with people yeah. that I ain't never seen before. We ain't never going to talk. We don't have a rapport or anything like that. Like, that was out of my comfort zone. And I understood that. I was like, well, it's not me sleeping in my car. So this is this is what it is. This is what I'm going to go through so I can chase this dream. Like, the, the, the hardships that I'm going to have to deal with, this is cool. I'm with it. I'm down for it. And... Like when you ain't got no friends in the place or family, it's tough. Yeah, that makes it like real tough. So you went back to New Orleans from then? No, or you went straight here? No, that's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I got family out here, so my dad was like, "Man, just come on home." I'm like, "I ain't so." I love Houston comedy. Yeah, Um, I told Joshua Jordan, shout out to Josh. That's the apartment we're sitting in right now, (laughs) letting us use the space. Um, I told him he wanted to move. Um, and he was tossing around the idea of Austin. I was like, you don't want to go to Austin right now. Nah. Austin, unless you're already like have some connections, Austin's going to be harder to break in just as hard as LA or New York. Yeah. Because they've got 4,000 comedians that just moved there Mm -hmm. and they only have a million people in that city. They have a lot less shows than a city overall, like Houston. Mm -hmm. Houston has 7 million people that live in the metropolitan area. They have... 400 500 comedians to compete with instead of 4,000 right Houston you get just as much stage time as yes. a young comedian as you can in Austin and it's arguably the same quality stage time yeah um you know a lot of a lot of good clubs out here so yeah and um, leaving uh leaving leaving from California you realize you're like oh man the competition is thick out here it ain't competition at all like yeah. them motherfuckers suck yeah like a lot of people suck so you can really wean out like who's actually going to make it and That's who's true. actually just there just to try to skim off of somebody else. And so like that, it make me feel so bad because I'm like, oh, I thought every, cause this is California. This is LA. I thought everybody was going right. to be on Even the, the micros. Echelon. Yeah. No, 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 no not at all. And it's same, same percentage. Yeah. Same percentage of shit to talent. Yeah. 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 And Man, honestly, I saw that at Skankfest. I saw people <laughs> I saw people that were sharing the stage minutes before or after me do like 10 minutes of silence. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I saw really bad comedy oh, yeah. that was booked there. Or what'll happen is people, everybody had a plus one so you can bring a guest. And sometimes the comedians miss their spots if they're like the smaller spots. Yeah. They'll just be late or whatever. And sometimes one of the guests can just get up and do it. 
So I saw people that were just guests of other people doing comedy. Oh, on, yeah, and it was like some of it was bad. <laughs> I felt I honestly felt like a straight up G when I was out yeah, there. Yeah, it like, ain't for everybody. Yeah. It ain't for everybody. Even though everybody wants to do it because it seems like the it thing yeah. to be doing at this time. I don't know when it became the it thing. It just Podcasting. Seems, ah, that's what it is. And I'm glad. See, like right after I left from LA, uh, this is when I started the podcast. So I wanted to, because I've always listened to podcasts before I even started comedy. So I I knew the ins and outs of what to do and what not to do to actually become a comic and what makes a good comic just by, you know, what I first started listening to was your mom's house and, and Joe yeah, and all that. Same thing, man. So, I, exact yeah. same thing. I did that before comedy. Yeah. So like when I started comedy, I knew to move the mic stand. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. I knew the not etiquette. to wear shorts, I, <laughs> even <laughs> yeah. though I did. I never, I never believed in that rule. I still don't. I yeah. wear pants now, but <laughs> hell yeah. I still it don't. doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't it matter. Matter. It does, the, the I clothes see a lot don't of make funny people in shorts. Yeah. A lot of people slinging good good zingers and i can see their calves so <laughs> you shouldn't be sitting down on stage or whatever at least it's everywhere he goes and that's true he is killing yeah it, so. here, honestly i think talent transcends that rule but yeah. it, when you see a bad comic sit down it makes you feel kind of funky like, right what are you yeah, doing it's like come on dude stand up please <laughs> Get up. stand up and bomb like the rest of us <laughs> you idiot <laughs> Uh, yeah, ain't no shortcuts over here. <laughs> that that chain gonna help you out. Yeah, it it, it really it, it you you really see the transcendence of of where people could be and what people are when you know they actually put the talent in. In like, not everybody has it. So if, if you are thinking that oh this is gonna be a long hard road, just think of those people that ain't talented. That's you right. know, because there's a there's a lot they gotta of motherfuckers work out there. Yeah. And they, I, work they, don't want, they don't even want to put the work. They don't even want to put the hard work in. There's a there's a dude that's out in LA that um, I, I've always shouted him out, but I ain't gonna shout him out this time just because he sucks still. <laughs> and <laughs> he's always been like, "Yeah, sir, we gonna do this, we gonna do that." He only calls me on Facebook, but he got my number. And it's like, <laughs> I don't like what are we when you coming back out to LA, son? We gonna do this, and I'm gonna put you on the stage, and yeah, we gonna we gonna make these moves, and make those moves. I'm like, no, son, this it's not. <laughs> It's not New Orleans no more. Like he has a mouthpiece to talk his way into anything, which is amazing. But when he gets there, he doesn't have the talent to back it up, bro. And yes, you have to tell me who you're talking oh, about. Kenneth Ha Ha Harris. Okay, I don't there know, you go. Yeah, that's funny. It's okay. He he has he has not gotten any better. He tucks in his cardigans. And he wears. <laughs> <laughs> he's a six foot nigga that wears uh, two small pants, oh, and no. it's just like, why haven't you gotten any better? He didn't hear. He never put the work in to get better but he's always he's always he's always had to he's always said that oh yeah i'm i'm this i'm that i'm such and such. It's, it's the dunnigan kruger's effect yeah and it's just like son you i'm not gonna be the one that you can rely on so you're not gonna be able to ride on my coattail like i'm trying to make this myself and to say that you want to be i you want me to be the guy i'm like nigga jeff buck is out there go get on one of his shows if you can you still got to put the work in though like don't he's like oh i don't know who that is i'm like shout out to jeff have. just shout out to jeff happen. hell yeah he is bro every I time i see it. one of them lineups i'm like oh, oh how you doing this uh, i used to go ahead uh to downtown la where he's working at he works at the uh he's a cheesemonger and uh 
I used to go down there and I used to go skate around downtown and I used to go hit him up and, you know, he would fucking go eat. I would go eat lunch with him and shit and be like, yeah, man, what's good? Yada, yada, yada. Still on the same path, trying to do the same thing and everything. And, you know, after the pandemic, he stayed and I left. He was like, nigga, why didn't you hit me up? Man, you know, I could have helped you out. I'm like, man, it's, it's cool. I totally forgot that I didn't forget that he was out there, but I was just dealing with so much that I didn't want to bother him yeah. with it because we got out there at the same time. And so I'm like, man, I can't, I don't want to bring you into this negative <laughs> yeah. energy that I have yeah, going on. Right. You got it going, you got it going well, man. You, you right there in the heart of things. And now look what he's doing. He's got all these big ass lineups. I know. On that show, and I remember when he was he started he first put that show together, like it was just the patio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it. I've done it one time since I was out there, and but that was just because it was very difficult for me to get out there. You know, like I had uh, I had a little beater that uh, yeah, you know that the the, the home that uh, the the job gave me. They they gave me money, and I was just like, oh, first car, I want me a stick shift, yada yada. Not thinking about it, I should have <laughs> known when the dude was passing the title over that his hands were shaky. He was like, oh shit, he's buying it. Oh, here you go, oh, boom, I'm out. And he disappeared and rebuilt. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> never heard from him again, man. I had a full cylinder. Only three of them bitches worked. So all of all the hills. Oh man, that bitch was putting oh, no. trying to get up the hills. It was terrible. I would coast everywhere because you know. I'd be able to put that bitch in neutral and just boom <laughs> and just hope that I can go ahead and coast to wherever I needed to go. And that's kind of where the poetry side came in because I was like, well, this comedy shit is I can't normally get it out all, all out to all of these shows. And when I do go to these shows, it's this shit that I got to deal with. They got the gatekeepers and the people that like, oh, if you don't know this person, then you can't get on here. And I'm like, well, fuck all that. I know these poets like I can go ahead and get in with them. And that's when I realized that comedy poetry was going to be a thing because I, I stood out and I was able to win some comp, not win competitions, but get into competitions and people be like, who the fuck is he? Right. Like, what is this? You know, uh, I, I, I mentioned this a lot, but I like mentioning it. Uh, I was at the, uh, the poetry lounge out there and that's when it's a big poetry place where like apparently Ed Sharon was found. That's, oh, cool. Was yeah. he a poet? Uh, he or would go he... to this open mic and he would do his little acoustic guitar thing and That's then cool. boom somebody saw him there because it's la so you know there's hollywood magic that happens boom you can get signed damn near anywhere you go because you don't know who's gonna be in the audience mm -hmm. and there's always people in this audience like you in the round and from that little spot i was able to go to a few uh secret house parties which was nice. I was like, you know, place where they lock your phone up in the garage and shit. I'm like, oh shit. Poetry, but more poetry stuff. Yeah, poetry, but still, like it's me. a whole big scene out there. Yeah, oh, cool. it's it's a big scene, but it still ain't nothing compared to Texas. Yeah, like Texas poetry scene is that's crazy. Yes, yes, I like, have no idea. It, it, it see that's that's the is thing. Is there a bigger poetry scene than Texas, or is uh, it like one of the bigger ones? It the 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 way that poetry out here works is everybody it's a community yeah like out there it can be a community but not everybody is on the same accord like you got you got you got like the little click over here and a little click over here and then you have the people that's just trying to make it on tv over here but they also write stand up so, has the same shit yeah it people who want to be actors and they yeah. think stand up's an avenue to do and, that yes I hate exactly that. <laughs> so you don't have somebody that's just dedicated just to the 
to the poetry aspect of it. But out here, out here, you don't have any of that. So you don't have all of the outside, outside fucking industry. Yeah. Yeah. To try to block you from what you're doing. So the people that are in this poetry scene, it is, it is amazing. Like, there's so many people that are just like, really talented i've seen the places that this 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 portrait has taken me and the people that i have seen blows my mind like i i've this dude his name is obi west uh he he sounds like he sounds like denzel and his poetry it, it it's it's full of uh double entendres alliterations and it, the way he speaks is that is if denzel is talking to you but it's poetic. Yeah. And it 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 hurts my brain. Like if because, you told AI, hey, have Denzel write a poem. Yes. Yes. That's yes. cool. That's cool. But <laughs> it's on a different level because I ain't never heard anybody do poetry like this got before. Got it. So and, he's got something special. Yeah, and he sounds like Denzel. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Uh, yeah, the, the, a man the, on fire, you could say. Uh, oh, kind of <laughs> yeah. It is, it is so good what he does. And I, it, it hurts my head because... You know, there's something that I've never seen, and I'm like, this, I didn't know that there was this level. You know, I knew that there was levels, like, boom, you know, you go ahead and level up, and then you see, but you think that there's a cap to the level, and then you see this motherfucker, and I'm like, <laughs> god damn it. Yeah. Like, what level are you on? Like, I didn't even know. You're a different boss. You're scouter broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. I'm like, I can't even read His this guy. Over I don't 9, know what's going on. <laughs> I need a new scanner, goddamn. I can't read him. He's he's come from a different planet. So to be able to see this guy and he's so good that he has a residency in Vegas. What? And, yeah. And he lives here? No. He oh, lives in he's Vegas. from there, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know where he's from. Gotcha, gotcha. But I've seen him on the show and I was just like he was sitting in the back and I was like, man, who this dude is? Because he was he was dressed different. He had like a long uh kind of trench coat on. Uh, he sat with his feet like this, like like both his toes pointed. He's autistic. <laughs> it was very strange to see. He got up on stage. He came with his own mic. I'm like, look at this nigga here coming with it. How you come with your own mic, nigga? We all gotta have to use the same mic. It's Man. germs. He yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready, and then and then when he started to speak, I was like, oh, hold on. Okay, I see you. And all the women, whatever he was talking about, it, if you caught on, all the women, nigga. They were just gushing, oh. just sploosh. I'm like, just oh sliding out their chairs. What? Sliding out? There was no chair that that had a woman in it. You know, everybody, all of them was on the floor. I was like, wow, sir. Like, do you see what you did now? I had to check my drawers for a second. I'm like, no way, Jeez. no way, you doing this? Yeah, and I like, hey, kudos to that because like I've I've seen poets and I've seen poets that are really good until I seen this motherfucker. And I'm like, of course, of course, you paying your way with poetry. And that that's what the poetry scene is doing as well. They're trying to they're trying to get to the point to where they can also just uh sustain from just Yeah, their because work. it's not it's gotta be a harder art form than comedy for sure. Yes. Because uh, just as far as making it, because mm -hmm. name a famous alive poet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's very difficult. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know and besides if if well besides thinking of deaf deaf poetry uh right. with russell simmons like you can't i don't know mainstream. anybody from there yeah like besides my uh, angelou was the closest yeah like 
like modern day poet that was famous i feel yeah. like, like you can't there's there's nobody else that i can really even think yeah. of to put in that type of category but i know a lot of poets and so it's just like oh they got to sell books they're essentially more like writers than comedians yeah. or actors or anything yeah because they're probably selling books of poetry yes like yes. that's what professional poets are doing that's exactly what they're, they're selling doing. books yeah, yeah. I and, think about and, oh. they're not like out there performing at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> no, no, not yeah. at all. And well, funny thing, um, Ali Sadiq, uh, because he's from, you know, Houston, he put people on from Houston. What he does when he goes on the road, uh, there's actually uh, a show that he has that he's put together that's got like Dion Cole, uh, fucking some other comics. And there's one poet that he takes with him. And his name is Seven the Poet. Now, Seven. He can hold his own on the comedy stage. Okay. But he is a poet. Like he 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 has the poetry lounge down in Houston. The poetry lounge Houston. And he's been doing it for over like 20 years. And so he's a, an established poet that is like paving the way for that genre but also like it's his show. So when you do go if you ever do catch a, a the poetry lounge show uh with seven the poet uh he does it every sunday and it's just like a regular open mic boom he brings up the regular poets and but in in between time when the poets come up he does his thing and he is silly as shit yeah you know I, it's funny it, yeah yeah i'm I, in my head because I, I beat myself up about this every time like this the third time i was supposed to be going to the show uh, Ali Sadiq was there and I was like man fuck this I'm not going you know not because I saw Ali there just because like the way I felt when I going there I'm new I'm yeah. new to the city so like I didn't put my time in so I didn't feel as if I was being loved like I should be so I was like fuck that I'm not going and I didn't go to the show and I see all my friends they posting everything and it just so happened Ali showed up there and I was like god damn and he did he did a comedy set in between the, the you know the poets yeah. and shit and I'm like motherfucker like goddamn me and my ego you missed something magical yeah and I I've met Ali once I believe it was a, a show in Alabama when I was or it might have been L A I don't know my uh, my ex she had took me she had got me tickets to see Ali and Ali is so goddamn cool like after the show like. Uh, we was able to see him and you know he stood out he greeted everybody he was like oh. thank y'all for coming thank y'all for coming and I was like hey man thank you he's like hey what, what hold on and I was like what he's like hold on man I'm all at you and he fucking he told me put me to the side real quick greeted everybody and then nigga, we chopped it up for like 20 minutes i'm like get the fuck out of here he knew you were a comic or i don't i, I mean i told it, him maybe oh you yeah. told him okay yeah he i was told like, him i was like yeah i'm oh, comic yada 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 yeah he was like let me get on. this out the way yes <laughs> and i was like get, get these, the fuck get out these of here normies son. out of my face so <laughs> yes. we can so we can cut it up that's awesome oh dude and he was like hey man i'm, I'm looking for you son i'm like I and you know it felt like that was my time to be like, hey man, remember me? You know I'm out here doing this shit. And I did, I didn't because you know in my head my ego was like, no nigga, this nigga don't need to see your talents. Fuck that. Let shit. me. I, so I heard you tell Grady this, and I think I'd like to try to change your mind on this because mm -hmm. you talked about how you don't like to ask for shows. Yeah. There comes a point when you've earned it, and if you don't recognize that you've earned to be booked mm. and you're not asking, you're just doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a new comic, you should not be running up to producers asking for bookings. Right. Right. But you're somebody who's been doing comedy for 12 years. Also, I know you have a tape somewhere yeah. of you doing a good set. Yeah. Reach out to producers of clubs that you want to work at and be like, hey, I'm a comic. I've been doing this X amount of years. Here's a set. Um, you know, if, if I appreciate your consideration either way, yeah, that's what I do. That's I, how I got it. Right. That's how I got a secret group. I just found out who booked him and I was like, Hey, I've been doing this 10 years now. Here's proof. Cause mm -hmm. I've worked hard on this. Here's a tape. Here's proof. You know, it's the same thing as submitting to a festival. Yeah. You're like submitting to the producer. The producers are like, I'm not like putting this on any specific producer, but just comedy in general. Everybody is so focused on themselves first and foremost that if you start taking it personal that you're not getting booked it's it's going to be tough i think i think that mm -hmm. there comes a time when you've like mm -hmm. you have put the time in and you've earned the right to ask for bookings and yeah. you are you're there yeah i've I, seen you for I've, years you're, I've, you're there i've I, I when I talked to Keisha, that was one of the things that she told me. Shout out Keisha Hunt. She's like, "This is what I do. Like, I don't, I don't got no job. I, I sit down and I make my emails. Boom. I, I, I email all these people, and you know, psh, some people might hit me back. Some people might not hit me back at all. But I got all these out there already. And boom, look at this. I got booked for this. I got booked for that. Mm -hmm. I got booked for that. And bang, now I'm working. And I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, and you so get, I've, yeah. I've started. I've started to actually the, do that more. Now. There's there is something to that that want of being like I'm going to be a great stand up and make it all on my own merit. I'm not going to shove my nose in anyone's asshole to make that happen. Yeah, but then there comes a time when it's like, all right, I've put all the work in. Now it's time to go on job interviews. Yeah, right. Because like you can build up your skill set. Like oh, let's use electrician as an analogy. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get a job sitting at home waiting for an electrical company to come that's hire true. you. That's true. You yeah. gotta go put your. You gotta go put your resume out there and apply. Yeah. So you know when you reach out to these bookers, it's like a job interview. Yeah. Um. And some of them suck, and they won't reach back out to you. Yeah. I. I. <laughs> you know? That's that's. And I've I've been like uh, before all this like the baby and all that came like. I, I would put out one little feeler and he'd be like, oh, why didn't you hit me back? And it's like, nigga, you can't just assume yeah. that this one person. It's like throwing darts. Just, it's like throwing darts. Yeah. You just, you cannot look and just hope some of them hit. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've learned that I, I need to get, I mean, I got some tapes and I got things together now. Uh, in my head, I always thought that, um, in my head, from me thinking about it, I'm like, oh man, I need to get my followers up and shit now. And it's like, no, no, that doesn't necessarily mean that. And so, like, now I'm, I'm, I'm working on myself more. I'm trying to get more, uh, more things to, to, to give to people now or more things that that i have people remember me by like i have sets and stuff so i still got my set from the improv so you know i i can definitely use that as leverage i still got a bob sumner set that i'm yeah. i can go ahead and get out there but it's just that i actually gotta put the work in and at this yeah. time i i i'm that the missus don't want me to and the kid ain't gonna help <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, no no but everybody's kind of excited for it because they're like oh man your writing's gonna be on a different level you're gonna have a new hour can... before you know it yeah like... <laughs> yeah so i i know i i know i need to put out 
I've been lazy in that sense. Like, I can do all this. I can get myself up to L.A. by myself and everything. But, you know, when it came to actually putting the work in, you, you can't. Ain't nobody going to see your resume if you don't send it out that's, there. I think that's it. And I think that it's a common misconception that that is like, like I said, there's some gray area here because in the beginning, you should be humble. Like mm-hmm. you, your first five, six years, if you haven't like there's like milestones in comedy. Right. Like we book, uh, I say we, JP Leonard, shout out to JP, Lafayette yeah. Comedy, uh, the godfather of Lafayette Comedy. We do Stone Drunk Sober out there. It's one, the best showcase in Louisiana yeah. for local comics, guaranteed 150, close to 200 people sometimes for some of the bigger shows. And that is some people's first chance to do 10 minutes in front of a real oh. audience. And so that's a milestone. Yeah, but you don't get there by doing a couple of open mics and reaching no. out to JP. <laughs> no. JP's got to know you can do ten minutes. Yeah, and so, but like, what happens is, is you you get new comics on the scene. They start. You see them do five. They work on their five. They build their five. You see their next five. They put it together. They build it, and then so like we watch them, and then mm-hmm. after a while they start asking, you know, like, hey, how do I how do I get on Stone Drunk Sober? And it's like, well, you got to have ten minutes first and foremost. So hone that. You know, and like, so you have some scenes where people are being cultivated like that, but I don't, that that's not going to happen out here in Houston. Like, and you've been doing it so long to where you can just, I feel like you can take a five minute killer tape, just start to finish five minutes, whatever you would use to submit to a festival and just send that to a producer and be like, yeah, I've, I've submitted to one festival and I, I, I submitted to one festival that a friend's like, yeah, man, I got you, man. I, I do this. Uh, I'm the one. That's and I the submitted worst. and I ain't never hear nothing back. And, and that was it. That's I ain't the never worst. Seen, I, I ain't never sent shit I, since. I was on a festival. I murdered on that festival. Mm. I then opened for the guy who runs the festival a couple months mm. later murdered opening up for him he told my mom that i was a very talented person <laughs> i did not make the festival the next year oh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that is man um so i was i actually know what it is specifically yeah. this guy only likes to bring people every other year oh okay. um but i just think that it's like funny <laughs> yeah like that like i was like why did you let me submit? You know, like, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> I could have kept my 20. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, it, 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 things just kind of got away from me after that. Just cause like, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to hear no, but it's also even harder to hear silence. Oh, that's yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Um, it's, this is a very hard nut for me to crack was Vincent Sambon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Vincent left me on red for a year. <laughs> I reached out to Vincent with Good a tape boy. for the first time in like 2018. <laughs> and, and he just read it and never responded. And then uh, I opened, we opened for Robert Kelly together. Uh. And he saw me and was like, hey, I'll get you up at the Dragon's Den. And I opened up my messenger to send him a message, and I saw that old message I sent him just sitting there. And I was just like, hey, Vincent, it's Tyler. Uh, <laughs> but ever since funny. then, I've been working Dragon's Den. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's, been, I work Dragon's Den whenever I want, pretty much. That's hilarious, because uh, you sent me some people to, to actually message and... Uh, <laughs> To say when you sent me over, I actually messaged somebody and they didn't they didn't respond or anything like that. And then uh, it was just so happened that I was on a show with them that weekend. And I was like, hey, man, what's happening? He was like, 
hey, you're Tyler's friend, huh? I'm like, yeah, man, what's good? Oh, man, you need to come around, man. I'm going to put you on this. <laughs> it's the put, same thing I'm, I'm like, yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I feel you. All right. Only, but that goes to show you that, like, even vouching for somebody only does so much. Only does so much. You know, yeah. everybody's kind of caught up in their own thing. And it's hard to be upset with people because... I didn't realize this till I started being like involved in the production of a few shows, booking a little bit. Mm-hmm. I hate it. First of all, yeah. I hate dealing with comics. I hate people asking me to be on shows. I hate that, but I get it now. I get like, I get this, um, this aggravation that producers yeah. have of like people <laughs> always be in my DMS, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's hard for me to be super upset, but read my message and then be like let me get back to you yeah just you give know, me give, give me something because i know that you've seen it it says you've seen it <laughs> yeah like you can't give me a thumbs up like an emoji will be fine <laughs> yeah. uh, a response or something like yeah. I, I i hit the lady up because uh the reason i got on improv is was keisha she she uh she vouched for me to get on the improv and boom i went up there i did my thing you know i watched the time and all that i did good i had people coming up to me afterwards like yeah man it was fucking good that comedy shit that poetry shit oh man i ain't never seen that oh i love that i'm like cool so i hit up the the booker for that spot because dylan was like hey man you, you this is the lady i'm like all right cool hit up she seen it she read it and i'm like should I not did it through Instagram? Do I need uh, to do it yeah, through Facebook? How do I? What's the avenue? Does she have an email address? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like what? How do I find yeah. her? Like you, you see me? You, like you, you the one that knew I was on this show. You can't re- <laughs> respond to me. You saw what I did. I, it was I was good. Like so, that's the Booker of the Improv. Yeah. Or one show at the Improv, or like the talent coordinator in general, or uh, you don't know. That, I think she's the person. Because yeah. I like it was a goal of mine that I'm gonna fail this. This year was to do a show at the improv <laughs> and it's a guy it was a goal of mine and it, this, this year's gonna go by yeah. without me having done it anybody out there want to make that happen before yeah. the end yes. um but um but i'm always i watched um sam marill and gary veter perform there and i was just in awe at the room and yeah, so that was like in my run. head i was like i can't wait to be on stage killing here yeah. Um, and so that's been a thing. So I'm trying to figure out how to get on that Houston as fuck show. Yeah. That's whatever. What that's yep. what it was. That's the one. So uh-huh. who books it? So that's the girl that uh, books it. The one yeah. you, that left you on red. All right. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> who booked it for me was Keisha Hunt. All right. That's that. Like I don't know nothing about this other lady. So you know, but I follow her. And she follows me now. But it's just like, oh, nice. all right, all right. A, so I, I don't know her name, but I'll find it. That's I'll awesome. find it. Yeah, it's gonna be in the memory bank. After a while, it's like, all right. Once this baby gets here and this baby start walking and talking, I'm gonna be back on the. God damn it, have you thought about trying to put something together where you're at so that you can have so that you could take some of these comics and give them a show where you're at and, and where like where i stay at yeah oh i don't think there's anything yeah that, no of that caliber nothing. i'm in the sticks the sticks it's, it's yeah yeah we ain't even got a home depot where, where, where i'm at <laughs> no like little bars people hang out at it i don't stuff. even know nothing about the bars yeah. around there like and I, and, and I guess it's not always the best thing to just go wandering in a bars in no, Texas no no not out here <laughs> yeah not out here like that shit that's the reason why i'm in i'm in the jail time that i'm in now because <laughs> the area that i stay in like the walmart's not even close so oh. i'm like <laughs> yeah i mean i got land and i got chickens which is yeah. nice but that's that's it yeah they, they ain't nothing else for me in that area like well, i stayed in uh when i stayed in the spring 
that was an area that I could have probably cultivated and, and yeah. started to pop off, which I I tried when I was I was working for Music Bingo. I had a music bingo gig that I was doing, and those motherfuckers they loved me. They loved what I did. They was like, "Hey man, you coming back? Like, cause this person don't do it well. Like, they don't do it like you do it." And I'm like, "I can't keep doing this. This is <laughs> this is fun, but you know, I'm not, I don't get paid enough, and you know, I I love the 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 venues that I come to, and I love the people, and you know, the person that got me this job, this person that this company is for." she's great but i just it just wasn't it wasn't feeling good for me like yeah. I, I just hated having to do it every day getting off of work boom i gotta deal with some some drunk people at the end of the day you don't know who's gonna be racist out here in texas dude for real <laughs> they yeah. got a lot of them yeah <laughs> if it makes me uncomfortable i can't imagine what it's like being black here yeah because i walk around like what? <laughs> <laughs> it, i went to certain places and they were just blatant with it like nah but he's my friend i can say this i'm like i don't think you can he's one of the good ones yeah. that they use that on you or you Yes. <laughs> so they tried to actually throw some comedy shows together and just start paying people. I'm like, this ain't gonna work like this. Uh, but also, people ain't gonna want to come all the way out to spring. It's true. Like, so there's areas that you can do this in. In comedy, it's it's difficult. So then you stick to your music bingo, and then you know, <laughs> don't worry, I'm gonna do this over here. And so that that made things difficult. But I did get like a. a a good amount of people that came on board with the the maniacal train. So yeah. it's like, oh, this is fun. But you know, once I quit, they was like, we not gonna pay attention. Like you had us paying attention, Kyle. Like we don't care about these other people coming do the music thing. And so I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't, yeah. I can't continue to do what you it. Want me to do? It yeah. wasn't worth it. Yeah, it. it uh, no, it, I mean, it was fun doing it. It was music bingo, which was which was different. In certain <laughs> places give you heavy handshakes, you know, like these people out there, they are generous with a tip, you know. Yeah. So it's, that was fun. That must be good. Yeah, and then the pandemic hit, and then that 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 kind of that kind of rattled things, and it was like, oh, this new person's trying to take over, maybe, and then it it didn't shake off as good as it was before. But you know, it got me to certain things. Like I've I've done some I've done some shit out here trying to trying to stay relative in entertainment. Like I've actually taught kids for a week. You know, okay. putting in a resume saying that I'm a comedian. This is what I do. They was like, oh, come on, mad scientists, put me on. They was like, hey, man, come come do some mad science for, for these kids and shit. And I did like two shows for some very high priced Indian people. They were <laughs> they it was. Man, they was like, "Oh, we like what you doing here. Take this money." I was like, "This is a fifty dollar tip, ma'am." Like, I got I had to valet my truck. Wait, what were this, you doing? Yeah, it's it's a place called Mad Science. Okay, and basically, what they do is they do they throw birthday parties for uh like for for kids and everything. But instead of like just normal birthday parties, they bring like science experiments and shit. So like volcanoes, and they teach you about rocks and shit. Teach you about gravity and all that cool you know but they i mean they get paid a lot i don't get paid right. as much and so you know it's like i gotta put on for these people i gotta bring all this equipment some of it's like hydrochloric acid and shit so it's like don't fuck up and it's like oh what you trusted me with dangerous shit to come out here and teach these kids some shit you know so i was able to 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 do that maybe one or two shows teach some kids about some rocks and all that and volcanoes and then 
uh, they was like, hey, you want to teach a class? I was like, you mean teach some kids? They was like, yeah, you know, like have a little school, a summer camp for a week. <laughs> I was like, whatever, whatever could get me paid. I'm just trying to work in entertainment. And so they just left me with kids. I was like, you can't, you can't leave me with kids, yo. I ain't got no kids. I had like fucking uh, ten, like nine and ten year olds, like from seven to eleven. I had about ten of them, and every day I had to open up class and teach them about shit Dang. and show them experiments and all that for a whole week. I had to get a background <laughs> check for this. I was like, yo. How y'all just gonna y'all don't even know me that well? Like how you just gonna trust me with these little babies? And yeah, this, there's nothing that could go wrong here. At all, right? They can't get nothing on their finger that's gonna burn their skin off. Like no, nah, it was something else. And at the end of the day, we would just make paper airplanes, and, oh. and which was fun. It was, but after 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 pandemic hit, I was like, okay, I'm not doing this no more. <laughs> I don't I don't want to continue doing this. This like it was. Like it was one thing to 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 actually watch over kids and show them something, but it was another thing to have me to have to learn science again. I like science, which is yeah. cool, but I had to learn it and then teach it to these yeah. little motherfuckers and then be responsible for them. That's and the worst. And be part. responsible. Oh no, yeah. no, 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 no. I was I was like I don't I don't want this type of responsibility on my head. Uh, but you know, it was it was a learning experience. The I always take things we do for as, our dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So excited! Oh, uh, oh, good. All right, uh, man. This is this has been good. Uh, we, we oh, I had you, a lot of you fun. You gave this me some gems. I had a lot of fun, man. About. This is good. I, I'm really gonna go home and think about things now. But before <laughs> we get out, man, I always like to play with new people a game of choices. All right. Yeah. Usually, if you get to the end of the podcast, people people hear this. Some people do. Some people don't. I get it. <laughs> you know. That's why I try to keep it to a short to an hour. But uh, a game of choices. Basically, you got four choices and four options. Okay. All right. You got to be one, raise one, sell one, and have relations with the other one. All right. Be one, raise, raise one, one, sell one, and relations right. with the other one. And <laughs> your options are a mermaid, a magwai, a Mexican, and a manatee. What's the second one? A mermaid, a magwai. I don't know. Magwai is gizmo. You ever seen Gremlins? Okay, yes. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that uh, right. the, the before <laughs> before it changes. Yes. That's okay. I know what a, a magui. Okay, I see it now. All right, a mermaid, a magui, a Mexican, and a manatee. A Mexican and a manatee. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the manatee because I'm already one. <laughs> so that's easy. I'm just gonna be me. <laughs> Get that out the way. <laughs> um, I'm gonna raise. The Mogwai. <laughs> Is that smart? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it makes you think. You don't want to get it wet, but if it does. speaking of getting wet, I'm definitely having relations with the mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the kill one? Uh, no, there's no kill. So oh. you're just gonna sell a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. You said it, not me. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. There's always there's always a twist and a turn. It's everybody's thumbprint. It's like, oh shit. Hold on. I've had a friend that actually took 20 minutes because he was like, no, 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 no. Hold on. No, I don't want to do it like that. I don't want to do it like that. Don't cancel me, everybody. He's scared yeah. of making the wrong yeah. decision. Yeah. You know what? I'll fuck the Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> That's progressive as shit, right? Yeah. A manatee fucking a Mexican. That a, hell yeah. That <laughs> that's that's always yeah. so fun. Oh, this is good. 
Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you for, for being on. Thank you for giving yeah, me your thank time. Thank you. Man. We've been trying to get this together for a while. I'm glad yes, we made sir. it happen. Man. Yes, sir. It is it is it is came to fruition. <laughs> yeah. You know, man, I've I've tried to get people, so many people. This is difficult, but it just the more and more I've actually been putting the time in, the more people have been willing to come on and actually because in the beginning of it, I've been doing this for about four years now. So in the beginning of this shit. Like, it was very hard to get people on. Now, it's just like, well, hold on. All right, I got this person next, and then I can come and get awesome. you, and then we can do this. So, it's starting to build even more, and I'm like, fuck yeah, let's keep going. So, man, let everybody know where they can find you at, Tyler. Uh, at D. Tyler A. on everything. Socials, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. D. Hell Tyler yeah. A. Venmo, D. Tyler A. <laughs> there you go. Throw that Venmo out there. Yeah, yeah. And y'all know where y'all can find me at, Tyler. You can also email me. They don't never email me. But you can email me at tell me a joke, yo at gmail.com if you would like to go ahead and send me any questions or if you want to send your cho- your game of choices or what choices you would pick or whatnot. only person that emails me my ex and she, <laughs> she just emails me bad things so it's just like god damn it you know but if anybody's listening man tell me a joke yo at email at gmail.com you can find me at the maniacal minutes don't go to you gotta put the in front cause if you don't they got this fucking hacker that's out there oh, yeah, that's he, trying to he reached out to me yeah. and tried to get me to vote <laughs> to, for to his vote. girlfriend's makeup yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't... I was like, Kyle, you need to stop this. <laughs> my wife don't even do makeup, and she's my wife now, so it's just like, don't listen to that motherfucker. That is not me. That is not me anymore. He is from Nigeria, and I have his number, so <laughs> I, re- I actually got this motherfucker's number number. It's so crazy, but yeah, there, man, at The Maniacal Menace on Instagram, uh, maniacalmenace.com, Maniacal Menace Comedy, and uh, this has been Tell Me a Joke, the guy on and chase your dream. I'm your host of Maniacal Minutes, Kyle Smith. And until next time, keep dreaming. Jumping.